Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Define University podcast, a space designed for educators to ignite your passion, transform your mindset, and learn to love who you are in the process. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am here to share simple yet strategic steps each week with you to build your momentum into creating a life full of purpose and passion. The time is now. Let's dive on in to today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another brand new episode of the Define University podcast. My name is Lindsay Titus. I'm so excited to introduce to you today's guest. Um, we're just going to jump right in. We're not going to we're not going to waste any time here. So, uh, Dominice, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for today's conversation. Yeah, I think it's definitely one that I know I, I've selfishly I will <laughs> I will absolutely <laughs> gain from um, in looking through just all that you have to offer and share and you know, as we do that, you know, if people aren't aren't familiar with you, you know, yet, then I know they will be by the end of this episode. Um, can you just kind of share a, like a little bit of your vast knowledge, like where kind of what you speak on um, and just what, you know, who is Dominice? Yeah. So I am, like you said, Dominice Clifton, and I'm the founder of Move and Still and the Nourish Wellness Collective, which is a new baby, but I'll focus and talk a bit about Move and Still today. Uh, so Move and Still really focuses on um, trauma informed stress management practices and mindfulness practices. And recently I actually shifted. I was saying the timing of this podcast is really beautiful because I've been working, uh, focusing on workplace wellness, but I've really narrowed in and I want to start focusing more on serving youth facing organizations um, because I think a lot of times Lots of reasons, but I think a lot of times when it comes to folks who work with youth, we're oftentimes always like pouring out and giving, and there's not a lot of, or I would say enough of attention focused on like those folks and their wholeness and what they need and their well-being. And so I really want to focus on empowering educators and nonprofits that are youth-facing. Um, and so I'm excited about that. I'm building that out right now, and I have some really amazing people that are on my team, but Outside of that, I am super passionate about the body and somatic work and just educating people on the ways that stress and trauma impact our minds, our bodies, and our spirits. And also talking about what it looks like when it comes to healing or, you know, like therapy, like mental health, why the body is such an important part of that puzzle. I think it's oftentimes left out and we focus a lot on like the head and the headiness and the mind and we have conversations, but we don't often experience the results that we want um, because we're leaving such an important part of the, of, of the conversation out. And so I'm really passionate about just understanding the body and how we just hold so much. Yeah. Oh, so, so many things we could, you know, really dive into, you know, I love what you just kind of talked about though, because I know even just personally, right, as I started my own kind of growth, my own kind of journey, like, life's not supposed to be this hard. <laughs> like, for me, that's really what it broke down to. And there is there's a lot that centers on the mind, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of resources out there that, you know, you know, you can read it, you can listen to it, you can practice it. But how does somebody if that's where they're kind of currently at, right? Because mm -hmm. that seems to be more the natural, like, here's that information. But if somebody's yeah. like, I've been doing that, or it really is not working for me, like, where do you suggest or recommend somebody starting to really create this whole like body, mind, soul experience um, yeah. to help them handle stress they might be experiencing? 
Yeah. So I would say that I always say start with yoga because yoga is number one, like something that most people are familiar with. Number two, yoga is like all about the body. But the beautiful thing about yoga is that while many people come to yoga and they're focused on the physical, like the body, it also has breath work. It also has meditation. Like it also has conscious breathing as a part of it. And so while you're participating in a yoga session, whether it's a 10 minute session or, you know, 30 minute session, you're allowing yourself to connect the mind and the body. You're slowing down your thoughts as you focus on those movements, like you're allowing your body to release trauma. And so I love yoga, especially like outside of being a yoga instructor as my own practice, because it's like a one and done. Like you get to do all the things as opposed to just doing breath work or just doing meditation. Um, now, all of those things on their own are wonderful. But to me, it's like if you want to get the most bang for your buck and you're like, where would I start with incorporating the body in my healing process or just like my my holistic journey? I would say incorporating yoga is such a, a wonderful way to start. Oh, I love that. And I love that you brought up breathing, um, especially because so many people on the podcast are educators. Mm -hmm. I would say that is like one of the number one coping strategies, right? It's to mm -hmm. teach our students deep breathing. Um but I don't think we use it ourselves. And I also don't think a lot of people know really the the, the why behind it. Um, mm -hmm. Can you just kind of share a little, because I think it's fascinating. I've done a little research. I myself still have a lot to learn with yeah. why it's actually an effective strategy. Um, but can you just kind of share some insight into breathing and how that connects and, and again, helps our overall stress reduce, which is the ultimate goal, right? Yeah. So I would say that the thing to start with is that many of us have gotten away from proper breathing. It's not something that like we, we come into the world and we're breathing naturally. And it's like something wonderful that we don't have to think about. But so many of us don't realize because of our super stressful modern day lives, like we're holding stress, we're holding trauma, we're holding tension in our bodies. We're moving fast, like we're always like tightening our muscles. And what that means is that our breathing actually gets thrown off. And so many of us are walking around only really utilizing like half or a third of our capacity, you know, like a fourth of our capacity and breathing from our chest. Whereas when you're, when you're engaging in proper breathing, you're activating and breathing from the belly, the diaphragm and the ribs all the way up to the chest. And you're allowing your body to release that way. And the thing is when you participate in that very deep, like belly breath, you engage the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest or rest and restore part of the nervous system. That's what helps you to calm down. That's what helps you to release the things that you're holding on to. But if again, like you're constantly choked up because of deadlines and to-do lists and like all of the never ending things that come with just being a human today, like most of us are just only activating that top half. And that's not really allowing us to tap into the parasympathetic and control and calm our bodies down. And so the most important thing is just to understand the way that the body, is, the way that the body functions. Another thing is even being intentional about the nostril that you breathe in or out can also be a helpful part of the process. And so if someone is feeling like overwhelmed. I use this trick when I'm going on flights because I always get like really nervous on the takeoff. I will close down my right nostril and just focus on breathing out of my left nostril because the nest, the left nostril also triggers the parasympathetic nervous system. And so then again, I'm, I'm telling my body I'm safe. Like you can calm down. On the opposite end, if I'm feeling stressed or overwhelmed or like I need a moment or I'm sorry, if I'm feeling, um, 
tired or, you know, it's that midday like crash and I'm maybe feeling like I need coffee, I will close off my left nostril, breathe from, from my right. And that's going to be more energizing. And so our bodies are designed and they're so smart and they're magnificent beings. And you know what I mean? Like vessels. And we just don't realize the power that we all possess just with the power of breath. And the last thing that I will say is that I love the breath because we always have access. You don't always have access to your mat to do yoga. You don't always have time to put on your running shoes to go for a walk, but you can take some intentional deep breaths at any moment and it can completely calm you down, recenter you, help you to ground and just really shift your energy. And so it's probably the most powerful tool, I would say. Yeah. Oh, so good. And I love that tip you shared. I have not heard that. So I I love that because I too am all about utilizing the resources we have, right? The things that are really, um, I call them small and simple, not Mm -hmm. an impact, right? An impact, it's almost the opposite, but that they're easy to use because, you know, again, we know we live in this busy, busy world that, you know, I think we share one of the same, you know, passions in helping people slow down and really Mm -hmm. create this life that they're super passionate about. Um, And one way that I know that, you know, you share this information and it's, again, I think it's beautiful that you're shifting into this, you know, youth um, capacity or, or, or human beings working with youth, because, you know, the whole notion of caring for ourselves Mm -hmm. is really essential. And I know you make a distinction between self-care and soul care. And I would Mm -hmm. love for you to expand upon that. I, I've recently stopped saying self-care specifically and really look at it as how am I caring for myself? Mm -hmm. Even just that switch for me mentally made it, it it made more impact for Mm -hmm. myself, Mm -hmm. but I would love for you to expand on that because I know Again, a lot of my, you know, teacher friends, when they hear self-care, it's, I don't have time. I got to get home to my own kids. I got to do this. I got to do that. And so I would just love to hear your take on that. Yeah. So I will respond to that question and I will respond to the time piece and why I feel so passionate about this work. So I'm going to start first with just what's the difference. So I was for a long time an advocate of or fan of self-care. And then I became a nutrition and wellness coach and I was focusing specifically on busy women, a lot of whom were moms balancing careers or businesses, you know, they were wives and partners. And so like they had a lot of things that they were trying to juggle at once. And when I was having conversations about like, what do you do for self-care? It was either I don't have time, like you said, or it was, oh, I go get my hair done, my nails done. I go to, you know, get my pedicure, maybe get a massage, like those sorts of things. It was always very topical approaches. You know what I mean? Like lighting a candle and reading a book, like those sorts of things. And I'm like, that is wonderful. But like that only speaks to the body. Like when was the last time that you nourished your your mind? When was the last time that you checked in on your spirit? Like how is, how are all of the parts of you feeling? Like we are more than just like this meat sack that we walk around in. Like there's a lot of components. There's also like acknowledging that we are also energetic beings. And so if I'm only getting my nails done, I'm not doing anything internally for like my energetic, you know, like my internal internal energy, my chakras, like I'm holding things there. And so for me, like I had to think about like soul care instead of self-care and started educating people on that because it's more encompassing. And so a simple way of kind of distinguishing the two is if I'm focusing on soul care, as often as possible, I am doing something for my mind, my body, and my spirit, not just my body. And I think that that is the biggest distinction between self-care and soul care. Um, And I would also say that Self-care often involves your friends or family. So maybe you meet up with girlfriends for lunch. Soul care is an invitation to be by yourself and like check in on yourself and see what you need. And we don't have enough of that alone time. You know what I mean? Like by ourselves. 
And so soul care just invites you to just be with Lindsay or be with Dom and like, what do I need today? You know what I mean? It's not about me being entertained or entertaining someone else. Like the focus is only on me. And those are, I would say are like some of the biggest distinguishers for self-care versus soul care. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's so, I think it's so important. And I love that you brought up, it's really this connection, right? Between the body, the mind and the spirit. And I know that, you know, I've, you know, I'm aware of what those are, right? You know, I've done some of that work. That's a lot of what I share in Define University, but it's not something, you know, especially in like our teacher prep courses, you know, we are certainly not taught that. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, That's actually one of my, you know, we talk about like having big audacious goals. That is one of my big audacious goals is to revamp teacher prep. Um, you know, I think what we do learn is essential, but we also have to know who we are as, as the educators that we are teaching, you know, the youth and how to understand that. And I, I love that you bring that up because it really, it, it it focuses on that. It's all about you as the individual, Mm -hmm. right. And that, you know, if something works for your friend, it might not work for you. Um, do you, you know, what if, what if you have someone that's like hesitant to like try something new or they're like, well, this, this usually works for me. So it's what I do. It's kind of that like comfort, you know, you stay within that comfort zone. Um, how do you help people kind of go, you know, see the the potential or the possibilities to, to kind of take that step, even Mm -hmm. if it's scary, you know, to try Mm -hmm. something new. So I will answer that. And then I also was thinking when you asked me, what's the difference? There's another thing that came to mind that I didn't share. I think a lot of times when we think about self-care, it's like a sometimes an occasional indulgence. So it's like, I get my hair done once a month or once a quarter, like whatever it is, I go get my nails done every couple of weeks, but it's like an indulgence, you know, like soul care is really like, it's about your routines and your rituals and those like more consistent habits. And I think that even that like switch of like, I should be nurturing and caring for myself every single day. Like that is different versus the occasional indulgence. And then to answer the question about just like if someone has a routine and, you know, maybe they're like, well, this is working for me. I would say two things. I would say, are you feeling like there is something missing? You know what I mean? Like if you really sat with yourself, like a lot of times, again, because we're not nourishing all of ourselves, typically we're focusing on that self aspect. Oftentimes you feel like there's something missing in your your life journey. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're like something is off here. So if you have that something is off here, there's like a lack of fulfillment. I think that there's an indicator there of like there there's more work to be done or there's a deeper level, not necessarily more, but there's, there's a, a capacity or depth that can be explored that maybe hasn't been explored. And that might be like, maybe there's a spiritual aspect of that, that like your soul is longing to tune in to, you know what I mean? Or maybe like you, you need something that nourishes the mind a little bit more. And so listening to podcasts and like reading books and those sorts of things that are stimulating outside of just like doing work. Um, So that's an indicator. And then another thing is I, when we talk about self-care, we talk about like our toolbox often, right? Like get your toolbox, build your toolbox. But I have also changed that language. And I, I like to say your toy box, like allow yourself to explore your toy box. The difference and the distinguisher is that oftentimes when we think about toolboxes, we think about work and something that we have to fix, right? Like, so I got to do work and there's something here that is wrong that needs to be fixed. But if you switch that and just allow yourself to think about a toy box, allow yourself to explore, allow yourself to play, allow yourself to be curious and see what you can add to your already existing routine. Like what is something that brings you joy that maybe you are not doing right now? And it doesn't have to be for anything else other than fun, you know what I mean? Play, joy. And we oftentimes miss out on that. Like we might be going to the gym, we might be like meal prepping and doing those sorts of things, but like, have you laughed lately? You know what I mean? Like 
do you feel joy on a consistent basis? Like for me, those are different things that again, like we oftentimes neglect. Oh, so good. And yes, I, you know, and anyone listening, like rewind a little bit and listen to that again, (laughs) because yes, like allow, and I know I struggle with that. Like that is an area where, you know, I am very purpose driven in, in shifting that mindset of the purpose can be something Mm -hmm. to explore and to be curious and to just get lost in, you know, the rabbit hole. Right. But Mm -hmm. we're taught like, don't go down the rabbit hole. Like there's Mm -hmm. gotta be a point to what you're doing. And I love what you're saying. And that the point is to have fun. The point Mm -hmm. is to just experience life. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's so, so important, especially, you know, in the, in the realm of teaching so much is, is done for us. Unfortunately, you know, we're given the curriculum, we might have a voice in the curriculum, but we're told, you know, here are your standards, here's the curriculum, here's your pacing map. And sometimes that creativity can be, you know, kind of stifled or can, you know, kind of be like condensed a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, I think everything you're hitting on in, enhances our creativity, right? It enhances our personality. And so again, if you have someone listening, that's like, I want to take these steps. I've got to start kind of shifting. I've, I want to really put myself first, you know, is there anywhere, you know, I I don't, from what I'm hearing is it's not like a scripted response, right? It's not like do this, this, and this, and you'll be good. But how does somebody really give themselves permission, I guess, is really kind of the piece to help them understand it's okay to try and, and just, you know, try, you know, we mentioned time a little bit, maybe that's a part of it. Like try for 30 seconds or a minute or five minutes, kind of, where do you kind of, I know you talked about yoga, but what else can somebody do to kind of really just get started, build their momentum? Yeah. So I love this question and I will reflect just on my own journey and like what started me a consistent morning routine started my entire like self-care personal development process. And it makes such a difference in how I felt still to this day. Like I've been doing this for years, but it makes such a difference in how I feel throughout my day. And I noticed immediately like the days where I might skip it because like my three-year-old didn't let me sleep or, you know, like someone was sick and I wasn't able to, I show up completely different on those days because I haven't had the time to like nourish myself first. And so even if that's like, I'm going to be intentional about waking up 15 minutes earlier, right? Like it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Like we can all give up, maybe I won't say all, but most of us can like lose 15 minutes of sleep. And so what does it look like for you to wake up 15 minutes early in the morning or, you know, 10 minutes early, like start small and build. That's the thing. What does it look like for you to wake up 10 or 15 minutes earlier and just like sit by yourself? And maybe it's just like drinking your cup of tea in solitude and not like while you're rushing to your car or like on your way to work. Like, so what is like one intentional thing? If you're listening to this to ask yourself, like, what is one intentional thing I can do for myself in the morning? It might be, it might be listening to an app and like a guided 10 minute meditation or like sitting and taking a few deep breaths, like just placing one hand on the belly, one hand on the heart and just like breathing in and letting your belly expand like a balloon, feeling that air come into your chest, like really connecting with how your body feels like checking on yourself, doing that for five or 10 minutes and just going about your day. The way that you feel when you do that in the morning makes such a difference in how you show up for the people that you serve and like the people that you love, like it's so different. And I honestly believe that when you start to like notice that difference in yourself, you're like, Ooh, I want more of this. And so it kind 
kind of becomes this like ladder of building or like the stepping stone of like, maybe I'll add an additional couple of minutes or, you know, I want to do something like this as a, a evening routine also. And so now you're, you're prioritizing yourself a little bit more and giving your some time midday to pause or at the end of the night to pause. And so if you're like, where do I start? I always recommend starting with some sort of like nourishing morning routine, whatever that looks like for you, like whatever feels good. Um, and I, I will say like, as a coach, I don't believe in a one size fits all approach. You know what I mean? Like when I started out years ago as a coach, I kind of had like the, here's your meal plan. And like, here's what you do. And like, here's the workout, but that doesn't work for people because we're all so different. And so what you enjoy in the morning, Lindsay is going to look completely different from what I'd enjoy, or maybe just what I need that day. You know what I mean? And so even giving yourself permission just to say like, what do I need today? And like honoring that and letting that be enough and letting that be good because it it might be different from day to day. Yeah, I think that's so, so important to remember. And I love that you brought up, you know, it is something that once you have it established, you know, it's something that could easily embed into different parts of your day. And I would even think, you know, you know, teachers are notorious for having, you know, not a ton of planning time, not a ton of, you know, lunch, you know, you're scarfing your lunch, but it's like, even at five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Help you reset for the second half of your day or maybe um, just reground yourself, right? Yeah. And, you know, I always, you know, when I'm working with you know, educators, we always focus on that end of the day, right? Once the students have left, because mm-hmm. I know for myself, I always felt like my day was over once the once the kids went home and, but I had no energy for like the second yeah. half of my day, right? From like yeah. three, three o'clock on. And I always felt like I was just kind of wasting the afternoon away because I had no energy. And now- you know, I have a nine month old and an almost nine year old and they need my attention too, right? <laughs> I got to have energy to, you know, long, you know, I guess sustain right through the day. Um, is there any, any advice or, or recommendations or things that you've, you've done or coach on to help people again, kind of continue to build that energetic momentum through the day? And maybe if it is a tough day, you know, how to kind of recoup from that to set them, set their sights on the next day versus kind of getting weighed down by maybe that difficult day that happened. Yeah. So I will answer that specific speaking specifically to educators with one suggestion, and then just kind of in general, um, what I like to do. So when we're working, especially as women, um, when we're working, when we're being productive, like when we're in on mode, it's from a very masculine energy. And like, that is helpful because like, I need to get things done. I need to show up and like, you know, educate, exchange knowledge, all of these things, get my to-do list done. That's helpful. When you go home though, you don't necessarily need to be in that like doing energy. Like, of course, as moms, like we have things to do, but it's more about like being in the evening. And so I love to just give myself a little bit of time at the end of my workday before I switch over to mommy mode, just to like sit and like take a few deep breaths and like almost like shift out of like work mode to like, okay, now I'm going to go be a mom. When I didn't do that, I picked my kids up. I was wired, overwhelmed, like in that same like frantic work energy, you know what I mean? And like, I just, I would be super impatient and angry. And then that showed up with them and like how I showed up as a mother. And so I felt so bad about that, that I was like, I just need to like pause, even if it's like in my car, well, like while I'm sitting in the car before I go into the school or the daycare, I'm just going to sit here for five or 10 minutes and just let myself like switch off of go mode and just like switch into mother, wife, you know, sibling 
thing, whatever mode, that makes a difference. It's like a click, it's like a click of a switch in your mind. That's like work is off. And even if you got to go back to work after like the kids are in bed, you know, that sort of thing, like just give yourself permission, just a little bit of time just to be off, like turn the off switch or turn the, turn the switch off. You know what I mean? So I find that to be like a super helpful, just like easy thing. And you don't have to do anything. Like you just have to sit for a few minutes and just like breathe and, you know, take a moment. So that's the first suggestion that I would say that makes a huge difference. And the second thing is that I was actually just talking to um, an uh, educator friend last night who um, he's been in education now for over a decade. And he was talking about how not so much as much now, but in the beginning. um, So he was sharing that in the beginning when he was a new teacher, like going home and having some reflection questions to like, if, especially on the hard days, like, what happened today? You know what I mean? Like, where can I make some changes? Was it my energy? Was it the children? Like, how can I like make some modifications and show up tomorrow or, you know, next week if it's a Friday with the, with the different game plan. And so just spending maybe like five or 10 minutes reflecting, I think it's helpful. Um, and yeah, he was talking about like when he's coaching new teachers and when he's, uh, he does a lot of like keynote presentations and things, he gives them some questions to talk, talk through. And so if you have those really hard days, instead of going home and like feeling bad and like beating yourself up, just like be proactive and ask questions about like, how can I make tomorrow better? Or how can I make my next class better? And that kind of, again, is like a mental shift from like being hard on yourself and like being in that wallowing in that place of doubt about like, am I cut out to do this to like, how can I just show up tomorrow and like be better? And maybe it is an energetic thing. And like, what do I need in the morning before starting my workday? That's going to make me like show up better for my students and, you know, or what do they need and how can I support them? Cause like, they're also humans and they have bad days and maybe they just need some breath work to support them. You know what I mean? Or like that as an option. So those would be my two suggestions. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. And, you know, one thing I want to make sure that we touch on, because I know it's something that's really important to you is the sense of community too, right? So we've got to do the work that's personalized to us, right? But it doesn't mean we have to do it alone, right? And I know, especially a lot of educators, myself included, felt like I was on an island for a really long time. Um, And actually, I think that was one of the positives that came out of the pandemic was for once I felt connected and, you know, social media allowed those, these connections to really grow and, and enhance my own life. Um, And so I would love to know, you know, one here about your community. I want to make sure that you can share with the listeners, you know, what it is that you, you know, provide for your community, but just maybe first, just kind of this nature of why community is so important and how it can help us, especially if we're feeling alone or isolated um, and how that can help us in our journey. Yeah. So we as human beings are designed for community. Like we, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of years ago, like we survived in packs. You know what I mean? Like if you were by yourself as the Lone Ranger, like you, the chances of survival were slim. And we've gotten away from that. You know, like we live all over the world and we're not with our families the way that we used to be. And like all of these things are wonderful. And thank God for technology that helps us to stay connected. But like we are hardwired for community, you know what I mean, in a relationship. And when we don't have enough of that, myself included, we feel that, you know what I mean? And that shows up in a lot of different ways. And I I would say like in my own personal like healing journey, community has just been so such an important part of my own healing because oftentimes you can feel like I am alone. I have to do this by myself. Like there's no one here but me, like that, that sort of mentality. 
And I think that that is like a, a part of our trauma that we have to allow ourselves to heal from. Like sometimes that that's a way that we've protected ourselves and like that feels comfortable and safe and I can't trust the world, but like allowing yourself to open up and be supported and be held and be nourished. Like that is really an important part of just being human. Um, and then, like you said, as, as educators, as women, like as, you know, for those that are listening that maybe are in entrepreneurship it can you can it can easily you can easily feel like you are on your own island like working towards your dreams and goals and there's no one to support you and the reality for most of us is that that is not true but we are just not intentional enough about making those connections and finding those communities and then when you find it you're like oh this feels so good you know like you realize like how much your heart and soul have been longing for that connection and i'll speak for myself and say like my first couple of years of entrepreneurship i felt like you like i'm on my own island i'm siloed there's no one else and then when I was intentional about like getting out and find other finding other women, other moms, it just felt so good. And so I created the Nourish Wellness Collective as a space for for women to really come and be nourished. Two things are important there. Um, we don't we often hold space for others. So we're moms like we have that in common, you know, like you're in education. And so you're holding space for two students and colleagues and all of these things. But like who is holding us? You know what I mean? Like there's no one that is really holding us oftentimes. And I wanted to create a space for women to be held. And so one of my models is like finally like a space for you to be held. And that was something that was a. Uh, a part of, I would say, like the inspiration for this is when I was going through my breathwork certification, we had to go through uh, training and practicum. Like there were a certain amount of hours that we had to achieve. And most of the women that I practiced on or most of the people that I practiced on were women. And Lindsay, I can't tell you how at the end of sessions I would hear, oh, my God, it felt so good to be held. You know, like over and over, I was hearing that sort of phrase. And I'm like, people are really desiring this and not getting it. And so Nourish is really a place for you to come and like have all of those aspects of you, mind, body, and soul. And so we do focus on like career growth and professional development. We focus on wellness. We focus on community. We focus on all of those things because all of those things are so important. And so whether it's my community or some other community, I think that just the notion of doing it alone is like, it's exhausting, you know what I mean? And it doesn't feel good. And it's time for all of us to find some sort of space and place where we can really um, be in community with others. And it's helpful if it's something that focuses, focuses on help, helping us nourish ourselves. Oh, so, so important. Yes. And all of that information to the listeners will absolutely be in the show notes. Um, so please check it out. Um, Donnie, thank you so much for sharing all that you have today. It, truly a wonderful conversation. Um, before we you know, end, is there any last, you know, bit of information, any last kind of like encouragement, motivation that you would like to share with the listeners today? So the first thing I would say is that for anyone who's listening, who might be like, where do I start? Or if I want, if you want to learn more about the self-care versus the soul care, I will share the link with you, but I have a soul care 10 under 10 and it's 10 ideas that you can do in under 10 minutes to nourish mind, body, and spirit. And I break it down. Like these things are for your mind. Like these, these things are for your body. So for anyone that's listening, that needs a little bit of inspiration. I think that's a great place to start. And then I would also say like, there is this notion of like, life is so busy. I don't have time. You know, there's just not enough hours in the day. And I worked in a school system, not as an educator, I was in fundraising, but I worked in a school system for many years. So I'm very familiar with that, like education culture and burnout is a real thing. My mother has also been a teacher for about 30 years now. So I know this life well. You can't afford not to take care of yourself, I would say is the thing, because how you show up as a partner, a wife, a mother, a teacher, a colleague 
it is like a 180 when you are depleted and burned out and stressed versus when you show up and you've taken some time to nourish yourself. And so for anyone listening who's like, oh, great, another thing on the to-do list, it's like everything that you're doing feels better. It, you know, you show up better. Like you said, you're more creative when you just take a few moments to pour into yourself. And so even if it's just starting for like two or three minutes today, like find something to do that is for you only. Oh, I love it so much. Um, so many takeaways. I hope listeners, you find something. And, and as, as Dominic said, like start small, right? You guys hear me say that all the time. Um, keep it small, simple, and strategic, right? So keep it really short. You don't have to go get anything, um, but make it aligned to you. That is the strategy. We want it to be personalized and individualized to you because you are what is most important in your own life. So Dominique, thank you so much. Guys, check out the show notes. Um, I will have all of that information so you can go get connected. Um, and, and I truly, Dominique, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I had so, so much fun having this conversation. Absolutely. You guys make sure you're checking out those links to um, learn more about all that she has to offer and get out there and keep on defining who you are one moment at a time, right? We've got this. We're going to do it together. We are here to support you. So come on back to the podcast for another new episode coming next week and uh, keep on being you. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode.